0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Life Rewired podcast and thank you guys for joining us on this Sunday, March 3rd. Today's episode is going to be all about routines and habits because, you know, these things can be great. They can be a phenomenal tool in life, you know, when we are utilizing repetitive routines and habits in our favor, but what we can come to realize over time is that, you know, certain habits, certain routines may not be working. And I think it's a really important thing to audit, you know, take a step back and understand are the habits, are the routines I have in place working for me, or are they no longer working for me? Because a lot of times, guys, you're going to notice that they're going to have to evolve. They're going to have to change and adapt. And if we just keep doing the same things over and over and over again, with no assos- with no assessment, with no audit, I was trying to say both of those words and it came out Assessment, um, but assessment and auditing, if we're not doing those things, um, it's going to be really difficult to improve. And it's going to be even more difficult to identify what is working and what is not working. But before we dive in, this episode is brought to you by Nash Nutrition. The Nash bar is made with simple and nourishing ingredients, 20 grams of protein, and is naturally sweetened with honey and dates. And what a lot of people don't realize is that most of the so called healthy protein bars that you find on the market are in fact heavily processed with fillers and unnatural ingredients. And ironically enough, we were actually just with the Chad and Hannah Nashi over these last couple of hours here in Bridge Park, um, just talking about the growth of their product and you know just how much it's catching fire and just how many people are obsessed with this protein bar. And one of the coolest things, as I was even personally talking with Chad, as, as Chris was talking with Hannah, um, we were we were really diving into the fact that you know pretty much almost most of the people like pretty much everybody that tries these bars sticks with these bars. Um, so I am telling you guys like there is a ridiculous amount of evidence from the customers you know on this podcast that we know listen every single week that are you know big fans of the Nash bars and just anybody out there that has ever tried these who also listens to the podcast knows what we're talking about. These truly are the best protein bars you guys could possibly get your hands on. The most amount of protein, the most amount of flavor, truly of any Nash Bar, or not Nash Bar, but any protein bar out there. So we cannot encourage you guys enough to get your hands on a box of bars of these to try. And as always, you know, if you guys just head to the show notes after the episode, you can head to the Nash Bar website, Nash Nutrition website, and get yourself a box of bars to try. So the next release will be this upcoming Thursday at 6 p.m. So make sure you guys set your reminders so you can get in there, get subscribed, and get your recurring box of bars because these are literally phenomenal. They are something that we consume every single day. I consume multiple of these a day. Uh, We cannot say enough good things. So you guys have got to try the Nash bars. But on to today's episode. This is episode 124, Auditing Habits and Routines for Success. So this is a lesson. Um, on, to be quite honest, a hard lesson that Chris and I have had to learn in our own entrepreneurial journey, where you know you get very much so caught up in these systems and processes that that work, that that inevitably get you to a certain point in your business or in your respective career, for example. But things change. You know, new demands arise, more clients come aboard. How do we facilitate that? So there's con- there's a constant auditing and assessment that has to happen naturally in our businesses and and just like everything, you know, how, how you do one thing is, is literally how you do everything. And Chris and I are just big believers in that. This is crossed over into other areas of our lives, you know, auditing, how are we spending our time? How are we, you know, how are we spending our time working out? Is it a good time and in, in correlation to our schedule and, and how we feel, you know, the time that we spend together, are we auditing and, and making sure that we're spending enough time together that we're not getting too caught up, you know, in this or that, Um, So I think it's just so important to just auto-regulate everything that we're doing at all times, because I know for a fact, some of my guys out there listening to this episode um, that are my clients can very much so relate to me in this respect. But I feel like a lot of times I'm almost like operating like a robot, like literally you insert something into my routine and I am just like rinse, wash, repeat, rinse, wash, repeat. like to a ridiculous level and while this can be a incredible blessing it can also be a curse because there can be some unnoticeable habits that are in my routine that are not working for me but I think they are because it's just what I've always done and that's the key you know I, I this is why I personally like I always thought that like a timetable on on how long you've been doing something it's legitimately irrelevant like everybody gets so caught up in like oh so and so has been doing this for 5 years or 10 years and it's like That detail is actually irrelevant because we need to know how were we spending those five years, that decade? Because I'm telling you, if you're someone who, you know, say you get into something or say, you know, Chris and I started our business and we just kept doing things as we've always done them, how are we going to improve? How are we going to get, how are we going to get better? Um, You know, because we can get so caught up in these things. And if we're not changing, we're not growing, we're not adapting. We basically just spent five or 10 years doing the same shit, getting the same outcome. So this is why this concept is so important, because I'm telling you guys, like, it does not matter how long you've been doing something. It's all about how you've spent that time doing the
1: thing. Exactly. And like, I love the quote that nothing changes if nothing changes. And I think a lot of times we get caught in like an identity of something like, oh, I'm only an in-person trainer, when in reality, you are longing to be like hybrid half and half or having an identity like I'm only a morning workout person, but maybe now the afternoon, like if you have a baby. and You can no longer work out in the morning. Now you're saying, like, if I can't work out in the morning, I don't work out at all. But your routines have to change. Like every season has a reason. I truly believe that. And if you get stuck in an identity of something, whether it's with your career or your fitness, it really holds you back and like locks you into the position you're in. It's something we do with our clients. And a reason why I'm so passionate about this topic in general is because we check in with ourselves often, like with our fitness, with our go to meals, like how we're feeling about things, even relationship-wise like you said like how much quality time are we spending like where can we make improvements we're always just like that self-awareness that we have on our own has trickled into our relationship because we did our personal development before we met and we always say how important it is whenever we talk about our relationship or your guys's relationships that you work on your own personal growth because when you come together it helps your relationship grow every single area of your life will grow from there but it truly does help when we hop on like orientation calls or onboarding calls with our clients and we're edit- we're literally auditing their everyday life, like. What time of day are you working out? What do your go-to meals currently look like? What areas can we like be proactive? Like, where can you like just bulk prep your protein or have your groceries delivered? If these systems aren't working, where you go out for Sunday Funday and then you don't end up having groceries, it's like okay, we don't have to change every single habit and like uproot your entire life and not have a social life on the weekends. But can you just get your groceries delivered so let Monday morning, you have everything ready to go. So it's just that audit of like, when you think about what's not working, what's creating misalignment between where you are and where you want to be. That's typically like, there's red flags. It's showing you like, Hey, this routine doesn't work for us. Or this one habit is no longer serving us. Like how can we even just move the time of day you do it or systemize it or ask for help? Like once again, we love Instacart because it helps you get the groceries too. If you are super busy and have a social life, like you just have to think about like, what are my priorities? What identities am I stuck in? And what systems can I audit to reflect the future person I'm trying to become?
0: Yeah, exactly. And this is really where this whole topic kind of came from is we're both actually reading Stephen Bartlett's diary of a CEO book. And this was kind of like the tipping point. We were thinking about this concept in general, but he talked about this whole idea of habituation. And this is a psychological term for essentially like to make it very simple for you guys. It's just when we get so used to something in our environment that you completely stop noticing it. And this is why it is so important to take these audits like Christina was talking about. Um, because if, if we aren't careful, we don't even realize these things are happening. It just becomes like brushing our teeth. And honestly, the reason I think so many struggle with this is because it's fucking uncomfortable. Like it's not comfortable to realize like, hey, this thing I've been spending all this time on or this thing I've been doing, it's no longer working for me. And that can be really uncomfortable. I remember recently, Chris and I, you know, we're having one of our business talks and I, I had a realization of like, damn, this one system I was utilizing is not necessarily working and now I have to change it. And it was uncomfortable. It was like kind of shitty. You're like, damn, now I have to rework you know, this whole thing. But we at least can rest assured that when we identify those moments, we know we can make a pivot. We know we can shift. So even though it is uncomfortable in the moment, it enables us and gives us the ability to improve, to make it better. And so, you know, while that initial emotional response is going to be discomfort, you guys might feel resistance. It's like, damn, now I've identified this area that's not working or this area of my life that I need to change. And we're going to talk about the positive um, about this too, um, you know, with with something that we noticed recently that we switched that has been paying dividends to us. But again, I just want to identify that because I think that it's just very human for us to run the opposite direction when adversity hits like that. But this is why, you know, if you guys have been listening to us for a long time, you know, we always talk about that, like really leaning head on into the adversity because, you know, it's in situations like that in, in ones like I'm talking about right now that can literally be the difference maker in you having success in whatever thing that you're trying to work toward or not.
1: Before we dive into how to really do a life audit, I want to point out like some feelings you're going to feel if you need to audit your routines, if you need to just like implement these changes in your life like these are the feelings that we've personally felt or seen clients feel when they have to like step back check in with themselves and have that self-awareness this is where you'll really see like what areas you need to improve on so in order to create these habits for success like we're talking about and this applies to business like we talked about But it also heavily applies to fitness, like everything we talk about in the show, like the consistency, the habit change, the routines, it applies to business. But we always say, like Zach said, how you do one things, how you do everything. And you'll really be able to tell with that true self-awareness when you need to make a change and when something feels disconnected. So, that first thing is like you feel disconnected from your goals. Like, a lot of times, like if you set a weight loss goal, but your habits don't align with that, like you're going out every weekend, you're drinking, we're having drunk food, we are not having groceries ready for the week, you're scheduling in your workouts, but you're skipping them. Like, you'll feel something internally where you're not keeping promises to yourself. And it starts to feel, to be quite honest, like shit. You get really frustrated because you're like, this feels impossible, but it's because your routines are completely like misaligned from what your goals are. And we wanna make sure that, like, you step back and you realize, like, okay, When I'm feeling disconnected from my goals, what has to change? Most of the time, it's because you're misaligned with your habits and your routines. Like you want a certain outcome, but your inputs are completely opposite of what you're trying to work towards. And that misalignment it creates like an anxious feeling. Like to be honest, like whenever I've felt like something's misaligned or I'm ignoring signs that like I need to make a change. This can also apply to like when you want to leave a job or a relationship, and you're like ignoring those signs that like you need to audit and like change something about your life, you'll start to feel like that overwhelming feeling. You'll feel anxious. You'll feel burnt out. You'll feel like you're longing for something else. Like, you know, there's something more out there, but you just feel stuck where you're at. And that's because your habits and your routines are truly keeping you stuck. Like I said, nothing changes if nothing changes. Just because you set a goal doesn't mean it's going to happen. Like I'm very big in like goal setting monthly vision boarding. And we, I talk about that a lot with my clients, but if you are creating a vision board and you're like, oh, I want this life to happen, but you're putting zero action in behind it it's going to feel frustrating. It's going to feel like that destination is so far away because you're not like sitting down in the driver's seat of your life and like creating a roadmap to get from A to Z. You're just like, oh, this destination sounds really good. You're longing for something different. You're longing for something else, but your inputs and outcome are not matching up.
0: Yeah. And I think that's one of the most humbling things ever where you're like working so hard. And trust me, guys, like I've been there multiple times as a business owner where you, you're grinding, you're hustling, you're putting in all of this work and repetition but you're not getting the outcome that you want. And this is the exact crossroads we're talking about where you need to identify, okay, what I'm inputting is not giving me the outputs that I want. I th- I should probably reassess my approach. I should probably reassess my system and make those small audits because I'm telling you guys like we've seen it time and time again. It's insane how the littlest tiny change in like a business system or a routine or how you attack your day, like the littlest, I'm telling you guys, like the littlest, most minute changes can have the most profound outcome and impact on the thing. Again, like Christina said, you can apply this to business, to fitness, to so many areas of life. But we know that there's been some specific habits that have changed the out really the outcome of our success over time. And one as of recent that, you know, we've we've kind of gone back and forth on this throughout just our life in general as routines change as schedule changes but simply something like something as simple as the time of day that we work out like you know I know I was getting into a bad habit and a bad routine of where like basically I was not working out first thing in the morning and that used to be like sacred to me like before I got into this you know 4 plus years ago when I was working my corporate job like I literally, those morning workouts were like what kept me sane and like kept me in a good headspace. And I knew that I valued those so much. And I even like, Really promote this to clients when they're trying to get into a routine with working out. I'm like, do it first thing in the morning. Peak energy sets the tone for the day, gets you like more mentally resilient. You handle stress better. There's like, a, you got the activity out of the way. You don't have to like worry about doing it later. Like, there's a million and one benefits to getting that workout in first thing in the morning. If you can, I know some people's schedules are legitimately so chaotic that they can't. Um, and that's where something will always be better than nothing. But at the, at the end of the day, for us, this was something that we could choose to change. And I know for me, like I would basically just do a bunch of work. I feel like rushed. I'm like, okay, I got to dive right into my stuff to start the day. And then, you know, I'd get halfway through the day and I'm like, shit, I still have to work out. My energy would be tanked. I'd be in the middle of like work things. So I'm like, you know, my mind's not in it. I'm distracted. So I'm not getting as good of a workout. My energy is slightly depleted mentally, physically. So I'm also not getting as good of a workout. And I'm like, what am I doing? I just need to make this change and go back to working out first thing in the morning. And it's not always easy. There's even some day there was like a day last week where I actually had to go back to what I did before where I worked out like midday, but at the end of the day, this is a shift that has been monumental for me mentally and physically for my activity levels like I get, you know, to get that workout in first thing in the morning to set the tone. But then I'm like, I'm not rushing or worrying about like, oh, my God, when am I going to get this workout in? Like, it's done. It's out of the way. My activity is spiked for the day. I handle stress better. I feel better mentally. Um, There's just so many benefits from it. And it's just funny how like, you know, what you're doing um, and, and when you're doing it. Can make such a difference in again how you look, move, and feel as we're relating this specifically to the workouts. But while we're on this topic, you know the type the types of workouts that we're doing can change from time to time. You know how long we're spending in the gym can change from time to time. This is where I think actually a lot of people struggle is like they feel like they have to like force their life into a certain template or workout schedule that like they've been grown to think like they have to do. But it's all about getting the working out and getting the training. To work for you and your lifestyle. And that's obviously something that Chris and I really work extensively with our clients on. And it might even change while we're working with a client. This is why we're big firm believers in developing a custom program for our clients because it's adaptable. We can pivot that way. You know, it's not like, hey, you're stuck to this, you know, five day split, one hour a day, these exact exercises or you're screwed or or you can't do it. Like we we do not take that approach. It's a much more fluid approach. Hey, maybe we were doing 4 days, let's pull back to 3 if this is a busy season of life. Hey, if a 1-hour workout isn't realistic per day for the 3 days, maybe let's pull that down to like a 20-30 minute workout where we can really, you know, maximize that 20 to 30 minutes and do something over nothing. So there's always ways that we can adapt the training or adapt the routine. And I know that this even um, applied to our morning routine as well, where, you know, as you do get busier, yes, the five minute meditations, yes, the gratitude, the journaling, yes, the workouts, like they start to seem almost impossible when you are getting so busy. But I know for us that this is so important for us, and it's especially important for us mentally um, to just start the day off on a good note. So this is something we've really been prioritizing. We've been getting back into the meditation, we've been getting more intentional with the morning routine. Christina's been phenomenal where she's been really showing up consistently for doing that routine and i know it's paid dividends to her and i know this is something that's been paying dividends to me and my own mental health because i know for a while there i was putting i was i was pushing the workouts off pushing the meditation off pushing my you know gratitude off and no wonder i was feeling stressed the fuck out like it's directly correlated so making time for that is so important and you know really personal development too like i think this is an area that we just all need to do um, me and Christina were having a conversation about this. Like anytime we're reading a book that's inspiring or we're, you know, exposing ourselves to a podcast topic that really interests us or a certain maybe skill that we're trying to acquire or learn a little bit more about, it just like gives you that constant like motivation. And and that's really what I feel like most of us lack is like. Oh, you know, I don't feel like working out, or I don't feel like doing these tasks to maybe, you know, improve my business, or I don't feel like, you know, organizing my schedule in this way to be more effective in my sales role and my corporate job. Like, whatever the situation is, it's like it's, it's very easy to lose motivation. But when we're constantly doing that personal development, it's unlocking a perspective of what's possible. And I think that that's what it's always been for me is like ever since I started doing personal development, it's constantly been a source of look at where you could be, look at what you could continue to work toward if you really care and you really develop a process that can get you there. And it really has always been, for me at least, a source of what is possible and a very much so a source of motivation to show me, hey, these things that you want, these things that you are working toward are very fucking possible. What you are working toward can happen with the right mindset and with the right approach and with the right consistency. And that's where I think a lot of us fail is with the motivation. So if we can consistently expose ourselves to what is possible, where do you think your motivation will be? I know for a fact that it will increase, that it will be something that you experience more of the more you expose yourself to what is possible. And at the end of the day, simplifying is always going to be better. You know, If we can find ways to prevent that decision fatigue, such as like for us, we like to just do the same meals week after week after week, then we get sick of them, then we rotate them, then we do the same meals week after week after week. We don't even have to fucking think about it. It's literally just a matter of like, okay, we know exactly what we're eating, we go to the grocery store, we get those ingredients, we get those things we need, boom, we're done, we're prepared, we're ready to go. Um, and this is an area I think a lot of us overcomplicate for no reason. So I know I'm using like the, uh, the the meal planning and the meal prepping as as kind of our example of simplifying some of that some of these decisions. But I think for any of you out there who who experience that, who you're like, God, I, I'm making so many decisions. I have so many different things. You know, I'm I'm weighing on a day by day basis. How can we maybe simplify this? How can we maybe make the process a little bit easier and a little bit less resistant in our life? Because chances are, if we can do that, we're going to stick to it. We're going to develop that consistency. The, the, the less the resistance is toward the specific task.
1: Exactly. And I think it's a huge mindset shift too, because this is something I talk about with my moms a lot is like, you have to make movement a non-negotiable and you also have to be flexible in that. So like, if you can't get a workout in, can you stretch and go on a walk? If you can't, um, go on a walk, can you at least like take the stairs here and there? Like your movement daily should be a non-negotiable, not even just for aesthetic goals, but for your internal health, for your mental health. And just prevent to prevent a sedentary lifestyle, being sedentary, like I've said with my background in cardiac rehab, it's the number one risk factor. And I'm always telling my mom this and like we encourage it with our parents is that being sedentary is like one of the factors you can control for your long-term health and like preventing disease. And if you get 7,000 steps and below, like we, I don't think a lot of people realize like we work desk jobs as well. Because we could sit at the desk all day and do client check ins, Zoom calls, and like not move each day. But over time, we've made movement a non negotiable. So if we can't go to the gym, we're on our walking pad. If we can't hop on our walking pad, like we're walking the dogs, like we make movement part of our everyday life. And when you start to say, like, this is a non negotiable, if I keep this promise to myself, like I'm gonna align with the person I wanna become, it really is such a game changer for you too. And on the note of, Decision fatigue that can also apply to workouts too. And I was actually listening to a podcast about a woman who's um, into like nutrition and psychology, and she talked about how willpower is like a reserve that gets depleted. It's like a muscle that we can strengthen, yes, but it also gets fatigued. And not everyone, like people think that you're just born with willpower and discipline. It's truly created through personal development and action and consistency. And you just have to treat these things as non negotiables. Otherwise, you're always going to negotiate with yourself and put something else as a top priority. But with movement, um, typically, if you're making decisions all day long, like what you're wearing, what you're eating, what route you're going to take to work, like your reserves of willpower are getting depleted. So by like 3pm, you have none left. If you say I'm going to work out in the afternoon, but you're really not an afternoon workout person. I know for me, I cannot remember the last time like, I'll do it in like a situation where it's my only option. Once again, because movement's are non-negotiable, but I will never put myself in a position where I have to work out at 4 p.m., 5 p.m., 6 p.m. because it will not get done. Like there's no way, like I make decisions all day long with work. We're making decisions in certain areas and we simplify stuff like what we wear, what we eat and stuff like that. So our decision fatigue is, we're working with our, you know, willpower instead of against it essentially but if you're depleted by 3 p.m and you have all these decisions to make at night like am I going to go to happy hour or am I going to work out guess what option you're going to pick when your willpower is depleted you're going to go to happy hour if you are going to work out or go home and sit on the couch and watch your favorite reality show you're probably going to take the easy route because your willpower is depleted versus if you work out in the morning and you're self-aware and say, once I get it done, I have the rest of the day. I can have both. I can go work out in the morning. Then I can go to happy hour after work. Like you can have both. It really just takes the proper decision-making and like the routines to decrease the resistance around making the right decision that does align with your goals. And this is something we do all the time. Like we're always making our decision-making even easier. I always say like use Steve Jobs for an example. He wore the same thing every single day so he could put his creativeness and decisions into work. And we do the same thing as entrepreneurs. Like we have to make a lot of decisions. We have to be very creative with content and things like that and help clients make decisions. So if we're making everything hard in ourselves, like what are we gonna eat for lunch? I have no idea. Like we have a menu for the week. We buy the same groceries every Sunday. We have a list on our phone. We just like our life is very rinse, wash, systematic. repeat, rinse, wash, repeat, so that we do have the flexibility to weave in like, oh, someone wants to get together on a Wednesday. We can't have both. We can work out in the morning. We can go out to dinner and make it work. But it's because we're proactively planning ahead. When you have these proactive behaviors in your everyday life, these habits that lead to success are so much easier to stay consistent with. So if you are listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to be like that. I want to have these routines. I want to have these systems. I want to have like these proactive habits. Like here's how you audit your habits. (laughs) Number one, you set intentions. Like what are you working towards? You have to create a roadmap to where you want to be. Like I said, it's like hopping in the car, having this end destination in mind, but you don't have the right turns to make. Like creating not only an end goal, but also creating like a game plan of how you're going to get there is so important. It all comes down to like goal setting and you have to be super specific, like in your personal life in your finances, in your career, in your fitness, like what are you working towards? And if you have a hard time, like breaking down each area of life and auditing it, I highly recommend looking at the wheel of life. We've done this before together. We've done it with our clients. It basically breaks down every area, like your fulfillment, your personal health, um, your personal life, like your social life, your relationships, finances, career. You rate it one to 10 and you want to avoid giving it like a middle ground. Like, oh, it's a five. Like it's just okay you really want to notice the areas you're thriving in the areas you're not thriving so much. And then that helps you see like these are the areas I have to focus on because it is really hard like to have the whole wheel of life balanced. Like not every season will feel completely balanced. And I've talked about this with my clients too. Like we are so heavy into our professional growth, our personal development. I'm always investing in a business coach or a course and certification. And in this season of life, like where we're planning the wedding and I'm working on my hormone healing journey and i'm trying to be like the healthiest version of myself not just for the wedding but far beyond that like truly to feel my absolute best long term like right now my fitness and the wedding are like taking top priority and business is always at my top priority list as well but my growth like in that area has taken the back seat in this season if i have been trying to like invest in a coach and i've i'm doing a certification but i'm not as hard on myself to like get it done because then i'd be so overwhelmed we have meetings all the time for wedding stuff we have to do's for wedding stuff And if I was trying to balance all that, I would go insane. But you have to be okay with like, hey, this season may not be that, may not be a top priority. It's still a priority for me, but it's not going, I'm not going to stress myself out to get that thing done. And I obviously have my daily non negotiables for business and for my clients, but like the growth factor. It will come back once the wedding is gone. But if I had tried to do that alongside the wedding, it's literally like planning a major event. It is. But I would be so overwhelmed.
0: Yeah, I think this is an area that will really help a lot of you guys out there de-stress if you're like me who can get very overwhelmed by handling so many different areas and balancing all these different areas of life. Kind of like Christina said, between like your social life, like family, business. Um, your physical health, your, your mental health. Like there's all these areas of our lives. And that's kind of this wheel of life we're, you know, depicting for you guys. And, you know, we, it's so important to understand that, like Christina's talking about, we are going to operate at varying degrees in those different areas. Like, like she's saying right now, she's going to be more focused on the personal life. That area of her life is going to take precedent. And then maybe the business takes a little bit of a backseat. That doesn't mean that she's like completely riding it off. She's just understanding that, you know, during certain seasons, we're going to operate at different degrees in these different areas of life. And I think it's just important for you guys to get understand this concept because I do think it'll allow you to de-stress. Because I know that when I have, you know, felt certain areas taking a slight hit, Christina's had to remind me, like, hey. Maybe that area is taking a slight hit right now, but look at how much you're excelling in this other area of your life. And if we can understand this concept, it will really help us understand that, hey, during certain seasons of life, you know, we can focus our efforts more toward this thing over this thing and be okay with it. And and that's the thing, like when we, when we really are like control freaks and we really want to like try to control everything and have everything constantly optimized, it can drive us crazy. It can lead to burnout. So understanding that deg- the, the varying degrees at which we're putting forth action and, and putting our effort and our energy toward will really help us de-stress and, and regulate any burnout in the future.
1: Yeah. And I think at this stage of life too, where we're I'm uh, in my 30s, Zach is late 20s. I think the season of life for a lot of people, it's really hard to juggle your fitness, your professional life, and your friendships. And something I've heard just like a lot recently, like talking to friends or being on bachelorette parties is that, and we've been guilty of this too. Like when I did the wheel of life a couple years ago, where I was so hard and like business, business, business is my whole life. Like every weekend I'm like recovering so I can show up Monday. Like I was saying no to a lot socially. And that felt okay for a little bit. But over time, like Zach and I really do thrive. Like we live in Ohio, like, I'm, I've never moved out of Ohio. Like we live near family. I live near friends from college and growing up and our friends in Columbus too. And saying no to hanging out with people, it, it like doesn't feel good. Like yes, here and there, it does make sense if you do have a lot going on or like you have to schedule for a time that makes more sense. But when you're not seeing your friends, like I've looked back at that my wheel of life that year and I was like, this doesn't feel good. Like I want to thrive in my friendships and like I said it's a blessing of wedding season is like it encourages everyone to get together more I've seen my friends family everyone more often during this season but I just talked to a lot of people our age and they always say like I dove so hard into like my hustle season like whether they're going to school or they're working on a business and they're like my friendships took the back seat and it almost feels too late to say like hey I still want to hang out and I still want to make it a priority because I've taken such a step back that now I feel guilty but it's never too late to like rearrange your wheel of life like your, I promise you your friends will accept you back into their life to hang out and whatnot. If you just communicate and be like, hey, I'm sorry I took a step back. Like life was crazy for a while. I was in grind mode. I'm in grad school. I had so much going on. But I do want to make it a priority. Like let's set a date to hang out like in the coming weeks and like put it on the calendar. But like I'm not a spontaneous person. So if someone were to ask me to hang out like on a day where we have a lot going on, business, wedding planning, it just doesn't make sense for me to do something spontaneously. But now my friends know that about me because I've communicated, we have to make it an intention. So just having that balanced wheel of life, sometimes it takes communication, it takes an audit and it also takes like that acceptance to be like, Hey, this was on me. Like I feel guilty about it, but it's not too late to make a change. Like we're still so young. Like your friends are still they're gonna be there for you. They should accept and like, you know, communicate as well. But that's just something that's been coming up a lot, I feel like, with clients and friends lately, that if your wheel of life isn't balanced, it's not too late to move those puzzle pieces around and make it feel balanced to you. But the next one is to create smart goals for, like I said, that roadmap and end destination you're looking towards. Smart goals are smart, measurable, attainable, or <laughs> specific, <laughs> measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. So if you're making a goal of like I want to lose 100 um, pounds, but it's not meaningful to you, if you really like do value your social life and going out and eating out, like you have to understand like the pace at which your goal may happen and you also have to get like realistic and say like, I want it to happen by this date. Like I'll lose a pound a week by our call in three months, I'll be 12 pounds down in 12 weeks. So making it super realistic and attainable, That's something we always do with our clients when we set like an end goal is they're always like, is this realistic? And I always appreciate when someone asks that because if it's not realistic, it feels very defeating. And when you get defeated on your fitness journey, you can fall off, you can fall into the all or nothing mindset. So when your goals are very specific, they're very measurable, they mean a lot to you and they're time bound, like you can do amazing things, I promise you. And then once you have those smart goals, you have that roadmap, like you can create an action plan, like every single day, your routines should align with your goals. And if they're not, You need to create some systems that are going to create less resistance. And we talk about this podcast episode a lot where it was James Clear and Ed Milette and they talk about how if you're trying to stop like drinking alcohol, for example, you wouldn't have like on the front, like top shelf of your fridge, every time you open it, all the liquor you're trying to avoid or beers, you want to have like poppy drinks or like zero calorie, like seltzer waters or just like healthy drinks, like at the top in right in front of your face because if you're creating that decision fatigue constantly like you're trying to eat healthy and your pantry's full of processed food snacks that don't align with your goals like oreos are on the counter like just to create a little less resistance put it in a cupboard put it on a shelf that you can't see automatically like at eye level and that really helps to decrease the resistance and it helps create systems that support your goals now that you have this action plan, you have your priorities in check after doing the Wheel of Life, you have your intentions, now you have to put in the action. Like I said, it's not just going to happen for you. you. When you push off the action part, you feel really misaligned. Like whenever I've had a goal, like even to like do a certification I've been putting off studying, you start to feel like pissed off at yourself. You're like, you said you would do this thing and you're not doing it. And I feel even further away from this goal. It's because you're not acting in alignment with your goals. And it takes a lot of like tough love on yourself to say like, this is on me. Like, this is my fault. This isn't happening because that frustration, that burnout, that low energy, that anxiousness, it's trying to tell you something. It's trying to tell you like what you're doing is not aligned with what you're currently doing. And I have felt that in positions. Like I said, leaving job positions that weren't meant for me, I felt misaligned. I felt burnt out. I felt anxious. And I kept saying like, I want to leave. I want to leave. I want to go back working on my own. But when I put it off and put it off, put it off, like my body was literally telling me you have to listen. And once I finally listened and aligned my daily actions with that goal, everything else fell into place. And I promise you that will happen for you too. But you do have to set aside time. Like I use my morning routine for this. We use like Sundays for this. Like we have to look at our routines from the week and say, what worked well? What didn't work well? What can I change? Like if something's not working, Like continuing to do that thing, you're going to be in the exact same spot or even further behind. You have to create that action once again that aligns with your goals. And sometimes it takes a lot of assessment. And even someone else telling you, like, Zach and I have that communication where if he sees me doing something that doesn't align with a goal I'm trying to work towards, he'll call me out for it. Or if, and vice versa, if he's doing something where I say, like, hey, I thought you wanted to do this, but I think this is the one thing that's holding you back. Like, we accept that and we communicate and we have that relationship. And we have that relationship with our clients. If we look at their week and in their check-ins, like we do a weekly, like these bi-weekly check-ins for a reason where you can assess like your habits and routines, your digestion, your mental health. And typically what we see, like as we work with clients for a while is they solve their own problem. They're like, okay, nutrition sucked this week, but I did realize like I didn't bulk prep. Like I wasn't pre-logging. Now that's my area for improvement for the week ahead. Or Hey, I skipped a couple workouts, but this week I put it on my calendar. I scheduled it in and I'm going to have you hold me accountable. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Like by next check-in, i I'm going to have it done. And that like assessment, reflection, and course correction is where growth happens. And on that note, we want to thank you guys so much for listening today. Most of you that listen to the podcast aren't yet subscribed. If you've ever enjoyed any of our episodes, please, could you do us a favor and hit the subscribe button. It helps our podcast more than you know. The bigger the podcast gets, the better information, episodes, and interviews that we can deliver to you guys. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you guys next week.
0: Peace out, guys.